One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand-up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. All right, we got a hot show coming up. We got talk about Burt Kreischer shows. And we got talk about Kyle Canine shows. We got advice on how to start doing comedy. I'm Hannah Hogan. I'm Dusty Slay. This is the We're Having a Good Time Podcast. Gum in my mouth here in that intro. Welcome. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we're excited to be back. I've been on the road, and Hannah has been in Nashville. Yeah. And uh, but she has been doing shows. Yeah. And, uh, we're a comedy couple right here. Comedy couple. Couples w- of comedy. Yeah, we're excited. Excited to get. Let's just get right into it. where we've been, where we're going, where they going, where they been, where they going. Where, where they've been. Where we're going. Where we've been. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. All right. And, okay. That's a fun song. Okay. Never get sick of it. All right. So I'm going to go first. Okay. Just talk about where I'm going. I we'll we'll get on our on the road segment. We'll talk more in depth about what we've been doing on the road. But I'll say where I've been. I mean, I went on a long trip. I flew. I went with Burt Kreischer this week. And it was incredible. The machine. <laughs> That's right. The machine. If you don't know who Burt Kreischer is, just look up the machine. Yeah, uh, we've been finding that people, uh, non-comedy fans, don't know who Burt Kreischer is. But it's amazing how comedy works now because it's like there could be someone that you don't know who they are at all, but yet there's a huge segment of the population that knows him and loves him. Mm-hmm. Because I went to Toronto to the Danforth Music Hall. We did three shows in two nights, all sold out, 1,200-seat theater, all sold out. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Ottawa. I think that was a 1,000-seater. Uh, we did two shows in Ottawa, Canada, and they were both sold out. And then we drove to Indianapolis, did two shows at the Egyptian Room, uh, at least 1,200 seats, both sold out. And then we went to St. Louis to the pageant, and two sold out shows. Wow. So, and then, you know, I tell my mom, I'm like, yeah, I'm opening for Burt Kreischer this weekend. And she has no idea, you know? Yeah. So, but people know him, they love him, and for good reason, because he's a great dude and uh, really nice, really generous. And, um, well, and- Nietzsche said, God is dead. And I say, fame is dead. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that just shows, like, you don't have to be a famous person. I mean, he's, like, comedy famous, you know, but it's, like, your average person just bopping around on the street maybe doesn't know who Burt Kreischer is, but, I mean, he's got enough fans through, what, I I guess, the internet to to keep his thing going. So it's, like, you don't even need to be famous. You just need to have, like, your fans like that. Well, I hope fame's dead because I don't. Fame is dead. Because I don't care for it. I just want. 
I want that same thing. I want what I always called was kind of the Brian Regan thing, where it's like, I feel like no one knows who Brian Regan is. Brian Regan could walk into any place and no one would recognize him, but he sells out theaters. Actually, Sebastian Maniscalco is another example of someone that just sold, I think he sold out four Madison Square Garden shows. Mm -hmm. And most people don't know who that is. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. These are all hilarious comedians. And they exist in the comedy, very famous in the comedy world. And I think that's great. That's what I'd like to be, very famous in the comedy world, not famous anywhere else. That's great, babe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that that attitude. So that's where I've been. Yeah. And uh, as I say, we will talk more in depth than that. Yeah, I want to hear more about On the Road with Bert. Yeah. So what what were you up to this weekend? Where were you at? Oh, you know what? It was so great. I was in Nashville now. Uh, long-time listeners of the podcast know I've been on the road for quite some time now. and uh, But I was at home this weekend in Nashville. I got to do some awesome shows at Zany's with uh, Kyle Kinane. And, oh, man, it was such a treat. I had such a good time. I just went up there and I did my Hannah thing the best of my ability and, you know, to greater or lesser response each time. But, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. It was yeah. really fun. It was really fun. Well, last night, I know that last night we were in a bar uh, with hanging out with our friend Brian Bates. And... Uh, you got some fans that I, came yeah, up to you. Like she, the, yeah, we were sitting at a bar, and then this girl's like, excuse me, are you Hannah Hogan? I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I saw you this weekend. And, like she really started having convulsions. She was really into it. She was very excited. <laughs> and, and it wasn't just like a simple like, oh, you were great, and like a 30-second repartee. Like it was like she was there for about five minutes really letting me know how incredible I was. And I'm like, wow, like, thank you so much. But then the other half of that conversation, she was sort of pitching her bar. So She did tell us for a long time about how great this bar was. Yeah. Uh, but I gave her information on listening to the podcast, so hopefully she tunes into that. And I would like to go to that restaurant bar that she was pitching because I've never been. Yeah, Margot, Margot. Yeah, I was Margo actually – East Nashville. Yeah, I was actually very excited for the restaurant pitch. yeah. And as a person that's worked in a lot of restaurants, I've definitely given uh, a restaurant pitch. Uh, And I used to sell pesticides, and when I was drinking in bars, I would get into conversations with people on how to care for their lawn and how how to uh, get rid of pests in their own. You must have just slayed the ladies. Yeah. You must have been like, hey, you need some toxic fertilizer for that lawn? Because I know where to find it. I did quite well. I don't know where to find that toxic fertilizer. All right. There's no such thing, really. Let me plant your plants. All right. Okay. 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 So, yeah, the weekend was great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then then you did – so you did Zanies, and then on Sunday you went. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I didn't know that I was doing a Sunday show with Kyle. Uh, Zanies is owned – or – Stand Up Live, a club in Huntsville, Alabama, two hours south of Nashville, is also owned by the same people that own Zanies. So I found out on Saturday that I was also doing a Sunday show. Um, so you so, did a show in Huntsville. So I did a show in Huntsville. That's a long way of explaining <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did yeah, a great, show great. in Huntsville. We've talked about Stand Up Live before, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, then. <laughs> yeah, you did a show in Huntsville, Stand Up Live. <laughs> I don't need to know the history of the club and the uh, owners. Well, you know what? Huntsville was fu- founded. Uh, it was a, it's a rocket city. They, Warner von Braun yeah, they from NASA. The Nazi Warner von Braun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, so this – and then tonight we're about to go to University of Kentucky and do a show at, uh, at, at the University of Kentucky. 
and which we've done before. Lexington. Yeah. But we haven't done it together. Never done it together. Uh, I, I, this will be like my fourth time doing it. I've done it several times. This will be my first time headlining it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good time. You better bring the heat, boy, because yeah. I'm bringing the fury. Yeah, it's a good time. So you better learn to follow your wife. All right. And uh, the uh, uh, and then we're going to go to Kiowa uh, outside of Charleston, South Carolina. I have a show there on Friday. But we're going to basically just get to hang out at the Kiowa Island Resort Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And just, you know, we got to have a spa day, going to get a massage, probably set in the sauna and uh, and uh, just really soak it up. And then I want to say next week, next Wednesday, I have a show. We'll probably have a podcast before then, but I just want to go ahead and promo. I have a show uh, January 30th at Zany's, uh, and it's going to be great. I have uh, uh, Chicago comic Kristen Toomey coming. She's very funny. I have uh, Derek Luna out of Springfield, Missouri. Very funny. And Ryan Niemiller out of uh, Indianapolis coming. I like all those comics. They're all really funny. They're all very funny. It's going to be a great show. Yeah. And so that's it. That's where we've been, where we're going. Great. They're on the road again. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Yeah. All right. Okay. So now uh, let's go. Uh, I, I think we should uh, jump right into uh, On the Road. Okay. Because you had an interesting story about okay. driving down to Huntsville that you wanted to tell. Yes. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier in the podcast with Dusty, definitely made fun of me about. Um, I didn't know that I was doing a show in Huntsville, right? Yeah. And uh, sometimes I don't sleep great, you know? Sometimes I just don't get great sleep. I get real jacked up from adrenaline all weekend. And um, so that's where I found myself on Sunday, a little little sleep-deprived. And uh, I met uh, Kyle and uh, the driver who was going to drive us down to Huntsville and back that night, right? Which was great. I didn't have to drive. I was happy about that. So I show up to the hotel and uh, look for the driver and the driver. And I'm just kind of like looking at various SUVs in the in the lane. And, and the guy kind of waves and he's like, are you Hannah? I'm like, yeah. And so he's like, come on in. And so, uh, so I jump in the back of the nice SUV and I sit behind the driver's seat, right? And I'm like, all right, two hours to Huntsville. Let's do this, right? So Kyle gets in and he sits in the back seat. So him and I are sitting together and the driver's driving, right? So we're having a nice little drive. We're having a nice little drive. Kyle and I are chatting away. We're just chatting away. Dave, the driver, is chatting in and chiming in here and there. You know, we're just having a fun little road trip, right? Everything's fun and delightful and conversational and light, right? And so having a good time, you might say. You might say that we're having a good time. You couldn't. You could even say we we're having a great time, Dusty. Everything was going well, and I'm feeling good. I've been having good shows. You know, I'm feeling alive. All right. Making fans. I'm making fans. I'm making friends. I'm talking. I'm learning the wisdom, the joy, all of it, right? So I'm like, yeah. So, but I'm also chugging down a coffee, you know, just trying to stay above board, right? So we get to Huntsville. We get to the we get to the club two hours early, right? So Stand Up Live, which is also owned by the same people that own Zanies. Thank you, Dusty. Some people do appreciate those details. <laughs> Some okay. people do. Okay. Um, so anyway, so we get to the club. Uh, Kyle and I go in the green room. Some of the staff come in and like check on us, right? And we're just kind of sitting there chilling. 
And then I figure, oh, you know what? I should go try to find Christian. Now, Christian is the manager of the club, and I haven't been to Stand Up Live in a while. So I go rooting around the club for Christian, right? So I see Christian. He's there standing with a, with some guy. And so I go up to Christian. I'm like, hey, Christian, great to see you. Nice to see you, Christian. And I shake his hand. He's like, great to see you, Hannah. And then uh, just to be polite to the guy that he was standing with, I'm like, hi, I'm Hannah Hogan. I'm the feature. And he's like, yeah, I'm Dave. I just drove you here. <laughs> oh. And it was just one of those immediate like, ah, how did you do that, Hannah? How did you manage to be like that? And I was just like immediately went into like girly mode of, I am so sorry. I I, I was staring at the back of your head for two hours. I'm so sorry, Dave. I'm so rude. I'm so tired. And I just started like exploding all over him with apologies. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And he, he and then he goes like, and then Christian like looked awkward, like what is wrong? And then, and then the Dave, the driver goes to Christian, the manager. He's like, yeah, she's probably just too busy with her head up in the, up in the clouds, like referring to me as a snob, I suppose. And then I'm like, oh, like, I just felt so embarrassed, and then I just went to the green room, and I was just like, oh, no, I'm going to live with this for a while, right? So I just felt awful, and then I was like, man. So I'm like, that's going to be an awkward car ride home, right, because I'm going to – because he's driving us back to, to Nashville. And so I'm feeling weird about it, but Dave, you know, Dave, you know, he shakes it off, too. He's like, you know, I'll be back at the end of the show. I was like, all right, Dave. And, and then um, – so then after the show, we get in the car, <clears throat> and we drive home. And it's basically a similar vibe. You know, we start talking about different things. Dave's chiming in here and there. I start talking about essential oils. Dave starts telling me about his, uh, his, uh, car diffuser, which is, you know, something you use for essential oils. And so then at the end of the car ride, I'm like, ugh, I gotta say bye to this Dave guy that I was really rude to. And then at the end of the car ride, Dave gives me his car diffuser. What a nice guy. Yeah. And, and that was really important to me because his forgiveness healed me. Yeah. Well, I think the way to handle that is to uh I think you probably did fine, but it's just to reintroduce yourself over and over again. Mm. Like every time you see him go, Hey, I'm Hannah, I'm the feature. Yeah, just make a joke out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we, we got to that point. Or um, you could go Yeah, I know, dude. He's like, I'm Dave, I just drove you. I'm like, Yeah, dude, I'm playing with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, but it, it, that, that happened, uh, that happened. I don't know if you remember when we did a show in Canada and in my hometown and all these people came out to, to our show, Dusty and, uh, and a, a high school friend of mine, he came out and I hadn't seen him in a long time, but we used to hang out in high school all the time. We were oh, like yeah, boys, that. right? But he, this guy, um, he has like lots of brothers who are around the same age as him and they all look the same. And I hadn't seen this guy in a long time and I was all jacked up with adrenaline after the show. So he comes up to me with his new fiance who I'd never met. And he's like, Hey, Hannah, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Scott, thank you so much for coming. It's so great to see you. And I genuinely was so happy to see him. Like I really loved him. And then he's, and then, so I'm just like, Scott, Scott. And then he's, and then he's like, uh, Hannah, I'm Josh. Scott's my brother. And I was like closer with Josh than his brother, Scott. And I just kept calling him Scott. And his fiance scowled at me the whole time. Well, Rightfully so. I mean, well, I'm just like, but it's like when I make those kinds of mistakes, I, I just can't. Yeah. I, it's so hard to rebound. That's from what it. you, that's why you just have to be careful and not, <laughs> not use names until you're certain. But you know? I was certain with him. Well, you know, it's like I grew up with this guy and then yeah. I still misplaced his name. And I was just like, and then I, I messaged him on Instagram after and I'm like, look, dude, All right. I don't even have the excuse of being drunk like i didn't even like 
I don't even. I wasn't. It's fine. You 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 live with that as if it's a big deal. Well, it's, but like things like that is like now I'm like, oh, I can see why men hate women. Like when like someone like me makes that kind of mistake where people are like, oh, they're just well. No, I, I just think that yeah. now nah, people are just far too sensitive about their. My name is Dusty, right? Okay, so my whole life people have called me Rusty and Justin, and I had a guy that called me Chris for about two weeks. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it just uh, like <laughs> it just doesn't bother me. Yeah. Like people are too. They're like, uh, my name is actually you know, and it's like, okay, uh, sorry, I'm not disrespect. If you know their name and you're purposely mispronouncing it or you're purposely saying the wrong name, that's disrespect. But just forgetting or misspeaking, it's not disrespectful, and people freak out about it. They're like, my name is Jim. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I was calling you Tim. I misheard. You know what I mean? Take it easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's fine. People get sensitive about it. Like I I dated a girl once and she – What? And the way she spelled her name, uh, she had a name. Her name was Caitlin. She probably does not listen to the podcast. But – if she does, Caitlin, I know who you are now, all right, girl. All right, all right. I know who you are now. Okay, and she would uh, – we would go to a restaurant, and she would put her name down, and then she would see the way they spelled it, and it would irritate her if they spelled it wrong. And I'm like, there's lots of ways to spell Caitlin, and they're just going to yell it out. You know what I mean? It's like, take it easy. Good thing you've moved on to less high-maintenance women. Well, like a, a girl said to you one time at a, a festival, was like, is your name Hannah or Hannah? And <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, I appreciate you trying to get it correct, but why don't you just assume it's Hannah unless I say otherwise? That was the most amazing thing anyone's ever said to me. Yeah. All right, so, and then I went on the road with Burt Kreischer this week. No machine! I went on a tour bus. And I flew to Toronto, and I got in a car with Bert and the tour manager, Joe, who he called Cobra, because he has a lot of Joe friends, he says. And uh, it was fun. His name was Cobra. and we because he has a lot of what friends? Friends named Joe. Cobra Joe. I, he said, I have a lot of friends named Joe, so I need to give you a nickname. So oh, I get you. Tim Cobra. I get you. So it's very fun. And uh, so me and Cobra and uh, Bert rode in a, in a car. To the tour bus. We got to the tour bus. It's got, you know, we're outside of the Danforth Theater in Toronto. Very fun. We get on the tour bus. We all take naps. And uh, and then we go and we do this sold-out show. And then we go to a bar after. And because what Bert does in these shows is during his show, he tells everybody where he's going afterwards so that they can meet him at the bar for meet and greet kind of thing. I mean, he does a meet and greet at the show where he takes pictures with people. But then they all go to the bar. So, you know, I got my white hat on, which makes me very recognizable, and I go up, I have a great show, and then I get to go to the bar, and immediately now I have all these fans that were Burt Kreischer fans. And, like, when I look at analytics to see who's listening to my stuff, it's mostly dudes. Burt's fans, mostly dudes. So it works out great. I just made all these dude fans, and uh, it's very exciting. Who doesn't like a couple dudes? And we, uh, people are trying to buy me shots and beers and, uh, you know, I don't, I haven't drank in almost seven years. So almost seven years to the date. I think it's January 28th is when I quit drinking. Mm. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Next week will be the seven year anniversary. Maybe the next podcast that we do. Very exciting. And, um, so I just got some shot glass. I gave the shots away and then I got the shot glasses and I poured water in them and then I just pretended to do shots. It was very fun. Yeah. Because people would come over to take pictures with me, and they would say, oh, you've done like four shots. 
And I, you know, and I was loving it. Yeah. And then in the middle of the night, I guess Thursday or Friday, you, you just sent me like a late night text. Like Wednesday. Hey. Okay. Yeah. You're like, hey, Hannah, there's a video on Instagram of me doing shots, but I'm not doing them. <laughs> well, I posted it. I, I'm not on Instagram, so I, I don't even see it. And then, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, is he actually drunk and just sending me these weird, like well, trying to cover up his trail well, text? And then I, I went into a weird anxiety attack that you were getting wasted. It wasn't was like, even. Oh no, everything's going to shit. It wasn't even that weird of a text, honestly. I just had texted her and I said, hey, uh, there's a. I put a video on my Instagram story. It looks like I'm doing a shot. I just want you to know I'm not. Yeah, it's not even some weird text. But you trying to account for my anxiety caused anxiety. Well, I, I, all I was doing was just letting you know. That it was just a funny thing because that Rocky Dale Davis texted me and he was like, "You drinking, dude?" Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh no, no." And uh, but I thought it was fun. I mean, the purpose of that was to look like I was drinking because that's fun for me. And and but, it's also like you kind of need to do that when you're hanging out with a bunch of drunk people just to not like seem like such a weirdo, right? But then we, you know, we went, we just stayed in the bus that night. We slept in the bus, stayed up to like five a.m. hanging, and then uh, get up the next day. I went and had lunch with uh, Jake at uh, your, Jacob Hogan, my Jake, brother, Jake Hogan, your Jacob brother, Peter Hogan at. Um, uh, sushi on Bloor, one of my favorite sushi places. I love that you don't mix it up. Yeah. And then I uh, – we did two more shows at the Danforth Theater that night. And then that night after the shows, we got in the bus and we drove to Ottawa in the night. Okay. Uh, That's our nation's capital, yeah. baby. Yeah. So we did that. We drove to Ottawa while we slept and that was pretty nice. I mean it's nice. I've done so many trips – on the road, that it is nice to sleep while you're doing the show, or while while the driving is being done. So then we get to Ottawa, super cold, and me and Bert uh, go to a sauna, and we sit in a sauna for about 20 minutes, and then we both go take cold showers, and then we go back to the sauna. It's amazing. I never really been in a sauna because you know the last time we went to a massage place, we I, it was in the steam room. That I thought was the sauna. <laughs> so I actually did the sauna this time, which I find I like much better than the steam room. The steam room was killing me. I was like, I don't know how people sit in this for hours. So are you telling me that as a 36-year-old man, this is the first time you've ever done a sauna? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, there's not a lot of trailer park saunas out there. Yeah, you dude, know? you haven't lived in a trailer park since you were like 11, though. 15. No, actually, I lived in it a second time, too, when I was so. All right. But it's been a while. But yeah, I mean, no, I just that's not that's not what I did. But now I've sought out some in Nashville, and I'm going to get into it. I'm going to become a guy who goes to the sauna a lot. Yeah, because I'm into it. <laughs> all, all of the sweating, none of the working out. I love so, it. So I guess I could get you a robe or something fun like that. Yeah, maybe a little headband. I'd like to build a sauna. To be honest Whoa, with you, I like that. I'm all about a sauna now. I like that. Yeah, I really look so, some wood. So then we did two shows in Ottawa, and then we went to the bar. The bar in Ottawa. That was incredible. All of them were incredible. They were all great experiences. But in Ottawa, what was great is I think every person in the bar was at the show that we did, the That's shows. Dope. And so it was great. I just walked around from table to table. I was almost like a server walking around to different tables just talking to them. And uh, it was pretty fantastic. So then that's a 12-hour drive, 14 in a bus, and then there was a blizzard. So we're in the bus driving through the night, and I wake up. We have to wake up at like 9 uh, to go through the border, and uh, the Border Patrol agent comes on, and, you know, it, it, everything was fine. 
But we um, then I go back to sleep and I wake up and we have these these air doors on the on the bus. Like you push a button and the door goes and opens up. So there's a door closed from the rest of the cabin to where the driver's setting, the cockpit of the bus, if you will. Mm. And I go up to the front, and that's the only place you can really see out of the bus. So I want to see what's happening out there. So I hit the button. It's like, and then it's just blizzard. And I'm like, and it looks like the the bus is sliding around is what it looks like. And I'm just like, okay, and I closed it. (laughs) And and then that's when we got to Indianapolis. I love Indianapolis. I actually – uh, if anybody from that show or that lives in Indianapolis is listening to the podcast, I just locked down some dates. It's not even on the website yet, but I'll be in Indianapolis at Crackers on April 4th through the 6th. So I'll be at Crackers April 4th through the 6th, headlining, and it will be great. Please come. You're going to love it. That's a great club, and the Egyptian room was amazing. I wish that I had the date secured what, before I did the, the show because I could have set it at the show, but I wasn't able to. But April 4th through the 6th at Crackers, I'll be there. Come, let's have a good time. And then uh, from there, we went to uh, St. Louis. Oh, the bar in, in Indianapolis was pretty nuts, too. I mean, we walked in and that place was packed. And, you know, you're like, we're back in America now. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was a big difference from. Because the Toronto and Ottawa places, I mean, they were packed and people were drunk and it was pretty wild. But it's like the moment you walked into the bar in Indianapolis, you're like, oh, we're back in America for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Why? Like what was the difference? I don't know. It was just more aggressive. (laughs) It was just more aggressive. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. I like it. And then St. Louis uh, was also very fun. I mean, the whole trip was great. I wish that I – had some way to get better details, but the whole way that Burt Kreischer conducts himself and does shows and treats people is just amazing. I mean, everywhere he goes, he tips people really well. He he treats his fans really well. Anywhere we went throughout the whole trip, on the street, people would be like, the machine, and he would go. He would take pictures with them. He would sign anything they wanted to sign, uh, even if even at times when I was like, geez, these people have a lot of things for him to sign. Uh, I consider myself to be a pretty nice person, but I think that Bert is nicer than me. And uh, he just treats people really well. And, you know, he does a raffle uh, in order to uh, – so people win an opportunity to get a meet and greet. Rather than sell this meet and greet for a lot of money, he gives everyone an opportunity. Uh, people that can't couldn't afford to spend a bunch of money to meet him get to meet him through this raffle. And then the money he collects from the raffle – he had me go out on stage every night with a bucket, and then he would draw tickets out of the thing and give people in the audience that money. So people would put money – let's say he raised 600 bucks, He would pull a ticket out of the hat and give $600 to someone in the audience. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. His generosity precedes him. Yeah. And then we, one bar, I know he gave everybody in there like 100 bucks. everybody that worked there. Just like I don't know, it's amazing. He he bought all my food. He paid for me to go to the sauna. We went to a sauna in St. Louis too, and uh, our Indianapolis. We went to one, and uh, yeah, he just paid. He's just a nice guy. We stayed up at night watching Netflix. We watched football together. We watched uh, a fire documentary, which I actually wanted to talk about a little bit. A fire documentary. Uh, it's called Fire the Fire Festival. We'll oh, talk about that. Let's yeah, talk a lot about of that. people have been talking about that on. Yeah, let's talk about that in a bit. 
And uh, but that's really my my on the road uh, thing. Well, Bert just sounds like a great guy, and I hope I get the pleasure of meeting him one day. He, I mean, he really is. I mean, I you know I'm and, and I don't even mean this from like a fan perspective. I am a fan. I think he's a great comic, and I love what he does. But I mean, just and then I'm not. I don't even expect Bert to listen to my podcast. So I'm not like trying to be like, hey Bert, let me let me tell you how great you are. No, I mean, I just as a as a one guy to another guy perspective. I'm just like he's a good person. I have a lot of good guy friends that don't do comedy, and I would, you know, say the same things about them. But I just, you know, working with somebody and just seeing how they really interact. And then, you know, I had worked with him in Lexington, Kentucky a while back, and uh, I thought he was a very nice guy. But we didn't share a hotel room. You know what I mean? We weren't. So when you're around someone all day, every day, you can see more of their true colors. And, you know, I know me. I mean, I'm very nice. But if I don't get enough sleep, if I don't get food, I get cranky. I can get I can get angry and not angry, but irritated. And I never really. Sometimes violent, physically violent. That's neither here nor there. But I never saw any of that with him, you know, and I just think. I just think it says a lot. And every day he would FaceTime his wife and his kids. And uh, I just just think he's a good dude. I don't think there's anything wrong with telling someone that you like them when you do. I think too many people hold back on their real thoughts of people. And this world is so bleak and dark sometimes. Sometimes you just got to be like, hey, I like you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's great. And uh, Joe Cobra uh, was great too on the, uh, on good the tour. Old Cobra. Well, he was great too. I mean, the three of us, I mean, we really. Uh, uh, just got along and uh, weren't irritating each other, and I think that's important when you're when you're spending. I mean, I've done several road trips with my friends, and uh, you know the the friends that I would travel with the most. Uh, you know, and even taking people on the road now, I like to take people on the road with me that I like to be around. Like, you, honestly, being Which a good why I don't travel with you right. Very much. Being a good comic is is great, but uh, I think being a person that you're other people are able to be around is just as important. I think that's just as important, if not honestly more important. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like who cares if you're funny on stage, if you're like so annoying or just terrible personality, like why would you like, like why would you ever want to like help someone or root for someone that you're like, I find this person just intolerable to be around. That what you said just there made me think about that thing we said in the car. I forget what we were talking about. And Hannah was like, your guess is as good as mine. And I was like, Maybe better. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest thing that you've ever said. Uh, oh, jeez. What's happening? Uh, <laughs> it was funny because I've never said that saying before, and it felt weird even as I said it. And then there was a pause, and you're like, maybe better. <laughs> we do have a good time. You forget yeah. it, but we do have a good time. I said, boo, on the road. Yeah. And then uh, some food on the road. We had a lot of great food. Um, but I just want to talk about Tim Hortons. I just enjoy Tim Hortons. I'd like to listen about Tim Hortons. It's a Canadian uh, – if you don't know, it's a Canadian Dunkin' Donuts, basically. Don't you dare speak of Tim just, Hortons in those terms. Just to give people an idea of what it is. They serve coffee. They serve donuts, donut holes called Timbits. But I honestly, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a true blue American, and I love American things, and uh, I'm all about America. But Tim Hortons is better than Dunkin' Donuts, and it's I mean the coffee's better. I've never been a fan of Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and the Tim Bits are better than the donut holes. 
whatever they call them. Speak on the sour cream glazed. Sour cream glazed Timbits really are uh, something to behold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love your language. (laughs) I love your your 19th century language. (laughs) My little Shakespeare Southerner. They really are. I mean, and, and not to... Not to talk bad about the Tim Hortons in Michigan and stuff like that, but it is not the same. We've no, they called it a, a damn cake bake shop in Michigan. We've stopped there before because we get excited on the way north. We're like, oh, here's a wait. here's a Tim Hortons, and it's not the same. It's not the same, and um, it just is. A, I had I had a, I walked to the one in Ottawa, and I just sat there and had coffee and. Now, in the one in Ottawa, was there like old men sitting around with, you know, wind chap faces and calloused hands? A little bit, but not like the ones we've been to before. Okay. I love that. I love going into it like a small town, Tim Hortons, and you just see like all the older gentlemen and people all like loitering around the seats, just drinking their coffee. Yeah. Like, they're just like grandpas and they're just, just pure Canadian, like, oh, yeah, you gotta go down, oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that too. I love, I love that. that too. Oh, it's great. Canada, I miss you. So, miss but we and, and another notable place though in St. Louis, we had a place called Pie Pizza. Delicious. Oh, Delicious. well, I don't, I'm confused. Aren't all pizzas pies? It's it was the symbol for pie. Oh, like the number, like yes. two point one four. Yes, but it was the symbol. Three point one four seven 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 two 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 to one. Yeah, that's not the symbol though. But you know the symbol. Uh, like the two parallel vertical lines with the little squiggly oh, line on yeah, top. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pie pizza. Okay. You know what I mean? That's That would be hard to Google. You know what I mean? If you're like, oh, like how do you get to pie pizza? Yeah, I don't know. How do you write a symbol? And then I had a uh, my Uber ride from the uh, <laughs> from the uh, from St. Louis to the airport, from the tour bus to the airport, was interesting. And uh, I didn't know if I would make it. It was fine. We did make it. He first of all, he he didn't come where I was at. He was like a street over, and I ran to get in the car with him. And then he missed. I was watching him on his GPS. He was talking to me about how his he is a musician, and you know nobody nobody that drives for Uber that's never their job. You know what I mean? And I was watching him on his phone miss multiple turns, and I was like, okay, we're not gonna make it. <laughs> and uh, but we did make it. And uh, so, Dusty, that sounds so fun. It was a great time. It really was fun. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to rejoin him in February for, if you have his tour dates calendar, I'll be on the New Orleans, the Austin, and the Dallas shows. So I'm excited. I, I can't wait to be back. I mean, uh, you know, Monday, I spent, you know, early part of the day really kind of coming down from that trip. I mean, because I travel all the time, but this is my first time on a tour bus with someone. So, I mean, I travel all the time for the last like five years. Every weekend I'm gone almost. But I was my first time on a tour bus and uh, loved it. That's great. Bert Kreischer. Bert Kreischer. Story time with Dusty and Hannah. Yeah. And then um, let's do uh, story time. Okay. Uh, this, is, this is not really a story, but I just kind of want to talk. I'm, I'm trying to get into Instagram stories, right? Each time I work with Bert Kreischer, which has only been twice, I learned something. The first time... Uh, he, he really um, impressed upon me to write new jokes, always be writing new jokes. I mean, this could be a good advice for comic segment too, but I mean, he's like, he said, if you're working the road all the time, which 
personally, Dusty Slay, I do recommend work the road. If you're just sitting in a city somewhere, you can get good sitting in a city, but you want to be out there in the road working it. You want to be able to work every room all the time. And he's like, but Bert told me, he's like, you know, if you're working the road all the time, he's like, it's important to be writing new jokes all the time. Because he said, what happens is that, you know, these these road comics, uh, some really great road comics will get their hour. They'll get their hour and they'll be like, this is my set. And then they just work that hour and it, that hour's working. It's crushing everywhere and they never are writing new jokes. So by the time they're, they're ready to write a new joke, uh, they've, they've not, they're not working out that muscle that you need to write jokes. So they're almost like back to square one on writing jokes. So I really, it really pushed me to start writing some new jokes. And then this time, I, I just watched the way Bert works social media and the, what he does with his Instagram stories. And it's just fun. It's a good time. I mean, John Christ is also a good example of that, uh, someone that's been on the podcast, and you can listen to that episode here too. And um, But I, it just has inspired me to want to do some stuff. And I, I, did, I didn't do an Instagram story, but I did an Instagram post about potting a plant, and I uh, thought that was fun. And uh, so I'm going to be doing more stuff like that. So if you're not – Following me on Instagram, it's at Dusty Slay, and look for very exciting content. And I'll be doing a recording of some of my older jokes, uh, some current ones, and some older jokes uh, on February 17th at Zany's. So that's a Sunday night. So if you'd like to come out to that, uh, maybe some jokes from the making that fudge that you haven't heard in a while. Dusty Slay Greatest Hits. Yeah, Dusty Slay Greatest Hits kind of thing. I'm going to try to get that recorded just to have some good quality video footage. I am very excited for internet savvy, and I love that you're growing as a person. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to work that multi multimedia angle. I mean, it is fun to create content. I spend a lot of time on social media just looking at it, being entertained by it. I'd like to spend more time entertaining than being entertained. I just – I grew a little bored of Facebook. I used to really like to post jokes on Facebook. That was very fun for me. But I'm just bored with that now, so I'm kind of at a stale place with social media. Mm-hmm. I like to take funny pictures and post those on Instagram, but I think people are now looking for more video stuff. So I'm going to be getting into that at Dusty Slay on Instagram. That's fun, Dusty. And then now our advice to comics. Segment. You are what you are. I'm going to make them an offer again. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, uh, I, you know, I think that uh, a favorite comic of mine and of Hannah's named Gary Goldman has – he is on Twitter, and I don't know his Twitter handle, but just look up Gary Goldman. And he has been posting advice for comics every day on Twitter. Now, I haven't read any of this advice, but <laughs> people have been telling me about it, and they say it's amazing. So I recommend checking that out. Uh, But what I want to – I've been talking to several people lately that have been telling me that they want to get into starting comedy, that that they're trying to – they're trying to get in – they're trying to do stand-up. And, and you know, they're like – they want to know how how is it that we get started doing it? You know, how can we get started doing comedy? And I think the first thing to do is to find an open mic in your town. That's the first thing. And then go do it, right? So you want to find it and just do it. And then, but this is how I would recommend doing it. Uh, and I don't know, this has probably been covered. We've probably talked about this already, but um, it is important to be funny. 
there there is a little bit of this idea out there right now that comedy doesn't have to be funny <laughs> and uh, it's the post postmodern right. approach to comedy it's just not true you don't have to be funny if you just want to get up and talk into a microphone that's true i recommend what i recommend for that is poetry open mics if you don't want to be funny, just go to a poetry open mic. Or therapy. Yes. But if you are, are, are looking to do comedy, funny is the number one thing that it must be. It must be funny. Hannah Gadsby and what was that one called? Nanette. Nanette. I didn't watch it, uh, but I hear it's great. I hear it's really, uh, a, really a fun thing, and it's original what she did, but – Based on what I've heard, my take on that would that would be the equivalent of a one man, one woman show, not um, stand up comedy. Now you can argue with that if you want, but I, and I didn't watch it, so I'm not in a position to argue. But based on what I hear about it, people are kind of using that as a, a way to say, well, comedy doesn't have to be funny. And I just I just disagree. When people go to a comedy show, they want to laugh. Now, this lady did an original thing, and uh, I think if people are enjoying it, then she deserves her credit for making something that people enjoy. But uh, don't use that as uh, your platform for being like, I'm going to go do an open mic, and I don't have to be funny because Hannah Gatsby said I don't have to be. If you want to get into comedy, get into comedy for the right reasons, and that reason being that you want to be funny. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. I don't want this to be controversial. I don't want people to think, well, I, this guy hates Hannah Gatsby. I don't, I don't know, dislike her at all. I saw Hannah Gatsby's Nanette, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I, I, inter- and I enjoyed it from an entertainment perspective, and I laughed, but I also you know, felt catharsis, and, it, and you know, it did different things to me. And, right. You know, so I, you know, would I say it's stand-up? I don't know, but it was something that I enjoyed, and I thought it was original. Right. I had a friend in Charleston. Uh, he, David Lee Nelson was his name, and I've seen him do two one-man shows, and he has a bit of comedy and a bit of seriousness in it. Mm-hmm. But his hour-long uh, one man show was just that. It was a one man show. It wasn't a. It wasn't an hour long stand up comedy show. Mm-hmm. He had emotion in it, and I, and that's what I feel like hers is. And it's like, uh, but if you're looking to do an open mic, be funny. And and this is what I say. This is my advice. You 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 write your jokes down. Write down what you want to say. You're like, this is going to be funny, and then ask yourself, why is this funny? Ask yourself, where do I expect the audience to laugh? What is my punchline? Because when you have punchline, and then and then also, and I don't know if I've said this, but if I did say this last week, but if you have a controversial joke within that set, don't start with it. If if you want to do it, do it. I'm not here to tell you what to do, what not to do. But unless you want to be known as like a controversial type comic, don't start with that joke. Start with a joke that you think is going to be funny. Ease the audience in. Get the audience to like you. Don't and don't start with the joke that says. Uh, and I've definitely said this, but I haven't said it on stage, but I've definitely said it on this podcast. But don't start with the joke that says, uh, I hope that uh, uh, my first time doing comedy is better than my first time having sex. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it won't be. And uh, Well, I, um, I think like some people feel compelled to talk about more – dark or difficult things confessional comedy was really ushered in by louis ck and i think he 
you know, influenced a lot of comedians, including myself. And I just want to share this little anecdote. So, and it's kind of a, a little bit of a sad thing, but so, you know, since time memorial of me being a comedian, I always kind of wanted to be able to talk about how my, uh, I had a couple family members die in a car accident, right? I always wanted to somehow make that work. And so since I've been doing stand up, I've, you know, attempted that basically. And to really no success because it, I just haven't, I mean, I'm obviously just not a good enough comedian to make that actually funny and not kind of like bleak and sad. But what I realized when I started working as a feature about two years ago, I had probably about five minutes that I was working on and I would put it in the middle of my set and I would, um, tell these jokes about how my mom and brother died in a car accident. Right. So, but the thing that I realized was, um, I'd be like crushing or just doing good for whatever, 15 minutes. And then even internally in my head, I was like, all right, here's this stuff. Right. And even if it, even at its best, it always kind of brought the room down a little bit. And I always had to like figure out a way to bring the room back up. And I just got to a point where it's like, am I doing these jokes for the audience or am I doing these jokes for me? And I realized, well, I think I'm kind of doing it for me. You know, I have some idea that if I'm able to do these correctly, then my whole perspective will be clearer to the audience and all this. Right. So then I realized like after that, I was like, you know what? I don't even enjoy saying this on stage and it's not going the way I want it to go. And these people are paying 20, 25 bucks on a Friday night. Why don't you, why don't you Hannah just focus on trying to just be really funny and just do that for long enough. And then if you get good enough at it, you'll be able to do these darker jokes. So I just kind of just decided to focus more on just crushing, you know, and then once I mastered that, then I could kind of be like, all right, let's, let's do this dark joke challenge again, you know? So you can yeah. come back and forth to it, you know? You can. Did I bring down the podcast? No, no, that's totally fine. Okay. I just thought that that was like, cause I understand that some people like want to do that kind of stuff and almost feel like compelled, like they need to, you know, they need to like talk about it or make it funny, but sometimes Absolutely. that's your own and, bullshit. And you know? my advice uh, is not to tell you that you can't do something. If, if that's your passion, if that's what you want to do, do it. I mean, who am I to say? My take is uh, how to help you be successful at comedy. And I think being successful is being funny. Yeah. So that that's why I say it. I mean, if, if I agree with you, if you're, if all you're, that is to say, I agree with you. Yeah. If you're like, I have a full time job, I have no intentions of ever quitting this job. I just want to do comedy as a hobby and I want to do dark comedy and I want to just be on the open mic scene doing my weird dark comedy. That's fine. You, you do whatever you want to do. That is the beautiful freedom of speech, the freedom of speech that we have. And that is the beauty of stand up comedy is that you can just go do your weirdo jokes. If you want, but if you're if you're going, Dusty, I want to get into comedy. I want to get paid for it one day. What are the steps that I should take? I'm saying from day one, start writing jokes that you think are funny. Write things that are true about yourself. You don't have to be so self-revealing. Have some observational stuff. A little bit of a reveal. We don't need to know how many times you're whacking off in a day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, people really get into some stuff, and I'm like, that's not something you would tell people at home in a room. Right. But for some reason, people get on a microphone, and they become very confessional. Yeah. Yeah, you really know the state of uh, the of men these days when you go to an open mic. You're like, dang, I don't want to touch that I was that at an microphone. open mic. Yeah, I was at an open mic in Jacksonville, and a guy got on stage. He was wearing a Pornhub T-shirt. Oh, Lord. And I was like, dude, <laughs> like, you had to order that, you know? And it's, I mean, you know that you, you have a masturbation problem if, 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 if a masturbation joke is in your first five minutes. I mean, it's like, what else do you have to talk about? Yeah. Other than your weird jerking. I mean, I love a good masturbation joke. I mean, you know, but I love a good masturbation. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but you know, if that if that is uh, your go to joke, it's like you got to do some other things. You got to get out of the house a bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's nasty. Yeah, it's always nasty. Yeah, yeah, it's so, nasty. But it's like you know, I feel like I had a I have some pretty clean masturbation jokes. And, uh, or as you call it, jerking it. Yeah. I call it lotion. I call them my lotion jokes. Yeah. Cause I like to say, uh, in the, in the, uh, cranking one out and rubbing one out. Man, I feel like my sad story brought down this fun podcast. It didn't. It didn't? No, it's fine. It's just in my head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we also, we did a corporate gig last night at, oh, yeah. uh, at, at the Omni Hotel in Nashville. Hannah, uh, did 20 minutes and I did about 35. We did, we're supposed to do a 50 minute show. We did a little over about 55, uh, for a, for a corporate event. And it was, uh, my agency got it for me and, uh, it's very fun. Yeah. And, we hung uh, out with Brooke and Travis, your agents. They were yeah. so fun and it was so nice to hang out with them. And yeah, I mean, it was a very fun gig. It was, uh, you know, I mean, cause corporate can, cannot be fun, but because, you know, they're all, people are at work, you know, and, and they're just, you know, they, they, you know, a lot of times I know that when I would do the Spectraside sales meetings and we would have those annual sales meetings, I mean, we would sit in a, we would go out drinking at night. We would show up to the meetings very hungover and then we would sit there all day and listen to people talk. So after you've sat and listened to people talk all day and then you bring in a comic, it's still listening to someone talk. And so to get those people to laugh is a lot of work and it felt fun. And I mean, we were standing there. Uh, waiting for a car to come around because we got valet parking, no big deal. And uh, we were at the Omni. Yeah, and uh, and people started coming down the escalator, and we got a big group photo with some people, and they they were talking about how exciting the show was and how it made their night, and uh, so it was really fun. It was really great. It was you did a great job. Thank you. Yeah, you did too. Thanks. I learned last night the depth of my love for my husband because I realized I would take a bullet for him and die for him because that is what I did on stage before him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's funny, but that's not true. You, you did great. Uh, just using a fun little metaphor. To yeah. Shake yeah. It up. Because, uh, corporate events can be difficult because a lot of times, I mean, this room was a gigantic room. Oh, yeah. So there was a lot of people in there, but it was a gigantic room, very tall ceiling. Laughter gets lost in tall ceilings. And also, you know, any of the jokes that I had where there's a real silent part, as I would say, I have the this power outage joke where I say, hey, man, a lot. And when I would go, hey, man, you could hear the echo of the man. It would be like, Dan, Dan, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so it was, you know, a little bit more uh, weirder of a joke. And uh, 
But I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. I mean, this this just this whole week from Wednesday to this Wednesday has just been a whirlwind of shows, and I'm just excited. I mean, I got a show tonight, and then we go to Kiowa, and we're just going to get a relaxing week in Kiowa. A uh, few days. My my buddy Derek Humphrey used to work at Kiowa. I got a few friends. Kathleen Donnelly works there, and a uh, few friends that I used to do improv with at Theater Ninety Nine Charleston. And it was really sweet because you really wanted me to come with you this weekend so that we could spend some quality time, which we should, which we yeah. need because we've both been so busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tried to get out of it. You were, you tried to, <laughs> you were trying to go do shows. Yeah, I was trying to go to the Comedy Attic with Jimmy Pardo. Yeah, and you're like no, <laughs> you will be my wife this weekend. Well. I said, okay, yeah. I will. And now you're happy that we're doing it. Yeah, I am. And uh, I am. and I'm happy. I mean, we're gonna yeah, and then we go, and we're gonna go to University of Kentucky, which is a good. I like Lexington. I really like that city. I wish I like we could Lexington spend a little too. more time there. Yeah. Um, cool, but, babe. But that's uh, that is where we're at. I have a video. I'm gonna try to make a. I tried to make a video of the whole run with Burt Kreischer and the different shows and. Uh, and then I and then I lost my first SD card full of that, inf- and I'm hoping it's on that bus, and hopefully I can get it when I'm back on there in February, and and then I will do a complete kind of documentary like I've done uh, on YouTube. And I don't know if you've seen any of those. If you're listening on my YouTube channel, I have a on the road series, and it's over a few years. I only have four videos, but they're kind of long, and I think they're I think they're pretty fun. I mean, it's just a di- kind of a documentary of me going and doing different shows. Uh, and, and I think they're very fun. Two of them were with me and Hannah. One is just me by myself, and one is with me and Aaron Weber. And I think they're very fun. So that's why I wanted to do them with the Burt Kreischer shows too, but I lost that first SD card. And I do hope it's in there. I have a second one. I have a lot of the shows. And so we're going to try to do another one this week with the travels. We did one for the corporate show last night, and we're going to try to keep that going this week and just as we hit different gigs. I just like to kind of document to show – the different kind of shows because one night we'll be in the Omni. Uh, the next night we'll be at a university. The next night we're at a resort. Sometimes we're at a bar show, you know, and then the, just the shows with Bert. I mean, all unbelievable. And if I picked up any listeners uh, to this podcast from those Bert shows, I just want to say they were incredible shows and I love them. I mean, Bert's fans are amazing and they're very fun people and I like them. Yo, And I did want to talk about this. We watched this documentary uh, on the Fire Festival, and this was about a guy. His uh, I can't remember his name at all, um, and that's a shame. But he he put this festival together with Ja Rule and these other people. There's a documentary on Hulu and on Netflix about it. But basically, the guy just bought an island and decided that he was going to put this music festival together. And he got in way over his head. And people, and they, but they got all these celebrities and models to post about it. And so everybody was like, ooh, this is, looks fantastic. I want to be a part of this. So they sold thousands of tickets for an unbelievable amount of money. And then they, and then, and then they were like running out of money. Uh, f- to do the festival, so they started encouraging people to add money to this card, so that they could, you know, once they got there, they could just buy stuff freely by adding money to the card, right? And when people showed up, 
not they had nothing. They had none of the bands were there. The they promised they had like a, several bands lined up to do it. All the bands canceled. They told them that they had these nice little like uh, huts type of thing, but what it was was like FEMA tents. And the night before, it rained really bad and flooded all the tents. So all the mattresses in the tents were soaked. They had none of the food. They had nothing. These people showed up, and it was just a disaster. And they ended up suing the guy. The guy's in jail now. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they had a, a class action lawsuit. I think they settled for like $35 million. Uh, Who's they? All the people that bought tickets? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's really interesting. But what's funny, uh, the, the, the funniest part to me is that Ja Rule is a big part of putting it together. First red flag, Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ja. I mean, we all loved Ja Rule in like the late 90s, early 2000s. You can't deny it. Right. Well, <laughs> oh, love is, uh, <laughs> oh, yes, no, I don't know what he was doing, but. But I, I was told that 50 Cent is what really killed Ja Rule, and I don't know if that's true, but I think Ja Rule, I think 50 Cent came after Ja Rule. Poor Ashante, too. You know, she got swept up in yeah. Ja Rule. But Ja Rule is on there, and he's like one of the decision makers. <laughs> and there's like one scene where they're um, on, a, on a conference call, and Ja Rule is just, in, you can hear him through the speaker, and they're like, this is after the whole thing is flopped, and they're like, "We've just committed fraud." <laughs> and Ja Rule's like, "I don't know if I'd consider it fraud. It's more uh, false advertising." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, no, that's you're trying to really put a positive spin on it, but that's about the same." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Also, still illegal. got to keep it above board ladies and gents but it was great now hannah let me ask you this is an impromptu question but it's something that i've been thinking about that i thought might be worth including on the podcast i think we should do this every week try to recommend uh, a comedy album or comedy special for someone to watch i have the one that i'll recommend i can go first if you'd like but if you had one that you recommended off the top of your head what would you recommend just someone go and watch or go and listen to that's comedy Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, you're really putting me on the spot because I yeah. do recommend comedians, but I don't know their albums by, off my heart. Well, who would you recommend? One person. I mean, Kyle Kinane, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because when I met him in Charlotte, I was like, oh, what's this guy all about? And then I went and listened to his albums, and they were all great. So I I mean, I, I don't – I think one's called, like, My Old Stuff Was Better. And well, if you're going to so, just recommend the people that you just worked with, then I have to say Burt Kreischer too. But he does have a Netflix special called Secret <laughs> – what, what an underwhelming question. <laughs> he does have a Netflix special called Secret Time that you should watch. And if you don't know Burt Kreischer, go to YouTube and type in The Machine, Burt Kreischer The Machine. That's really funny. But that's, that's not – what I was going to recommend is I always like the album by Steve Martin called Let's Get Small. That's one of my favorite comedy albums. When I first started comedy, I used to listen to that over and over again, uh, and I love that album, and I recommend it for people. I have another recommendation, too. Okay. Which one that I have seen, and I do remember their name. Okay. I recommend Nanette. By Hannah Gatsby. By Hannah Gatsby. Great. Yeah. I recommend it, too. Go watch it. I have never seen it, but I recommend you do check it out. But yeah, and really think about what you like, what you don't like, and don't just fall into line with it's not comedy. Well, this is this is a because this, true art makes you really think and reflect. I so, think. Come I think, on now. I think this is a great exercise, and I I, I think that. But something that you said in that uh, is is I think is you said true art, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not arguing that what 
she did is not art. Mm. I'm just saying... Bitch ain't funny. I'm just saying if it's not funny, then it's not comedy. Right, but also comedy is subjective. Sure, but if it's not funny... Then it's not comedy. But nine times out of ten, the people that said she's not funny are men. And it's like, you know what? Maybe this isn't for men. Right. But I, all which is of, also valid. Again, I haven't watched it, so I'm not criticizing her. Well, don't get me fired up at the end but, of this podcast. But then. my statement stands true. If it's not funny, then it's not comedy. If it's not funny, get off the stage. But I think that what's interesting is the Steve Martin uh, would be the complete opposite of... Nanette. Let's get small would be completely the opposite. Because, Is it Nanette or Nanette? I don't know. But the um, Steve Martin is super silly. There's nothing informative. There's nothing quote unquote woke about that Steve Martin let's get small. But it is hilarious to me. Now, again, subjective. Maybe you listen and you go, that's not funny because it's too silly. I don't know. But then Hannah Gatsby, uh, maybe a lot of people don't find it funny, but they enjoy the artistic value of it. I think that Steve Martin is a great person to study as well because uh, he came to prominence in the 1970s when there was a lot of political and social turmoil. And he did a real 180 and went into absurdity and silliness right. instead of just like diving into well, the political comedy of the time. Yeah, he did what I think is needed right now, a much needed thing in people taking a break from woke uh, wokeness and just entertaining. Now, again, whatever you want to do, I'm not telling people what to do, but I think it's I think more less woke comedy is very needed. I think just people being funny and making people laugh is what's needed. I think people need an opportunity to take a break from the news, to take a break from social justice, and just laugh for a while and feel good. Not giving clapter, but giving laughter. But also find your true north. Right, but yeah, but I mean, I'm not, again, I mean, you, you make it seem like I'm trying to say that, that, that there's no value in the woke comedy. I'm not saying that there is not value in it, and I'm not saying that no one should do it. I'm saying that it is needed to have some entertainment value that's not about the news, that's not about the current climate of the world. I agree with you, my dear. Yeah, so, I mean, but just when you, I feel like when you make a comment like that, you make it seem as though I'm saying it doesn't have value, and I have to spend extra time letting you know that that I'm not trying to well, say that. Well, you know that. that I love to fight with you sometimes. Well, I'm just, yeah, I just don't want that. Just just help me keep it reined in. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Okay, Dusty. Don't make it complicated. Okay, Dusty. All right, we're having a good time. Yeah, we are, though. <laughs> we are we, we forget time. it, but we are having a and good time. And we're also, we're about to end this, but we're also going to, in the next few weeks, we're going to try to get into videoing the podcast and so that you can see us, so that when we have these moments, you can see us laughing and smiling and that we're not upset with each other. Yeah, we're blowing kisses to each and, other. And uh, But we want to video it and start putting it on YouTube so you guys can see us, so you can see our faces and see what we're up to, see that we're having a good time. Because we cute. I'll tell yeah. you that much. We cute. And that's what we want to do, so we're working on it. We're going to make that happen. We're about to really upgrade our social media presence. At least I am. Hannah will still I'm actually – digressing yeah but i i will be and we're gonna we're gonna really get some stuff kicking off i'm gonna build a desk i think i looked into (laughs) building a desk 
And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that happen. But we may move apartments too. So uh, we got a lot going on. We got a lot going on. And um, so we want to we kind of want to move out of Hendersonville and back to Nashville. Yeah. We're ready to. Uh, we're too far away. We thought this is be fine out here, but now it's not okay. It's not okay. There's not any good restaurants, and I'm no. pretty pissed about it. Hendersonville sounds about as sophisticated as it sounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to completely trash it. I do. But uh, and I ain't afraid to. <laughs> but the restaurant situation is not good. Nah. And uh, we want to be able to walk somewhere. That's important to us. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Uh, look for us on social media at Dusty Slay and at Miss Hannah Hogan. And uh, my website is DustySlay.com. I have T-shirts and CDs on there. If you'd like to buy them, great. But I also have my calendar on there, and we have a list of all of our podcasts. So you can go back in time and listen to any one that you want. They're all available on iTunes. If you've made it this far in the podcast, thank you. And uh, go to iTunes and rate uh, rate a five star. If you're not going to rate five stars, uh, then don't do it. Email me if you think that this is not a valuable five star podcast. Email me and tell me why, and we'll fix it. One's from the trailer park, or one's from the farm. We won't. Rings on their and thank you very much, and we're having a good time. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving. Comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up really.